I ended up getting a personal trainer certification, not because I wanted to become a trainer, but rather I wanted to have a piece of paper that I thought would be really important for some reason to convince people on the internet to take me seriously. And it turns out that nobody, nobody cares. Like, can you get me results? And are you somebody that I can trust? And are you somebody that I can believe? And are you real? And I found out that very quickly that was more important. Welcome to the Fail On Podcast, where we explore the hardships and obstacles today's industry leaders face on their journey to the top of their fields through careful insight and thoughtful conversation. By embracing failure, we'll show you how to build momentum without being consumed by the result. Now, please welcome your host, Rob Nunnery. Hey there, and welcome to the show that believes leveraging failure is not only the fastest way to learn, but is also the fastest way to grow your business and live a life of absolute freedom. In a world that only likes to share successes, we go deep into the struggle by talking to honest and vulnerable entrepreneurs, and this is a platform for their stories. And today's story is of Steve Cam. Steve is a fitness instructor, publisher, and writer best known for promoting superhero workout regimes and the paleo diet at his website, nerdfitness.com, which is now a booming business and worldwide fitness community dedicated to helping nerds and desk jockeys level up their lives and their fitness. He's also the author of the book, Level Up Your Life, How to Unlock Adventure and Happiness by Becoming the Hero of Your Own Story. And in addition to his writing and coaching, Steve has also guest lectured at Google, Facebook, TEDxEmery, and many other places. In this chat, we'll be discussing Steve's high school experience that sparked his motivation for working out and led him on his journey to actually creating nerd fitness. He'll discuss the deciding moment when he was ready to break free from his nine to five and focus solely on creating the business. And Steve also shares his advice for growing an audience, managing remote teams, and how to transition from a full-time job to your own passion project. But first... Luckily, all I travel with now is a backpack and for one reason only. It's clothing from an innovative Toronto apparel company called Unbound Merino. They have clothes made out of merino wool that you can wear for months on end without ever needing to wash it. Yes. So this means I can travel with less clothes since the clothes clean themselves. But check out the show notes page for an exclusive fail on discount that you won't be able to get anywhere else. And of course, if you'd like to stay up to date on all the Fail On podcast interviews and key takeaways from each guest, simply go to failon.com and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the page. That's failon.com. So in New York City, why, why are you here? Why in New York City? If you'll notice here on the on the walls, this makes for great radio, by the way. I have Captain America shield hanging on my wall <laughs> and Captain America hanging above my desk where I work from. So the the funny official answer is Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, is from New York City. Where else should I be <laughs> for a scrawny guy named Steve that was <laughs> you know, really, really trying to get bigger and stronger and become Captain America? Now the reality is uh, that wasn't the reality. <laughs> no. <laughs> the reality is that I've been running a company called Nerd Fitness for uh, seven years now, and two years ago I came up to New York City. I was living in Nashville at the time. Came up to New York City to meet with my book publisher, and I had been to New York a whole bunch of times. And I was like, why would anybody? Why would anybody live here? It's just 
big and expensive and there's people everywhere. And I decided that week that I was coming up, I was like, I'm really going to give New York City a chance. So instead of coming in and out for a day or two, which is what I had done in the past, I gave it a, I gave it a real chance. I, I rented a, a place for a week. I set up appointments with friends that I knew. I went out to eat good dinner. I went out to the park. I met up with heroes of mine in the internet business space. And I just had the best week ever. And I went back to Nashville and I was like, I was only two months into a 12 month lease. And I was mm. like, ah, crap. <laughs> I think I need to move to New York. So I think another month went by and I realized I was like, I'm, I'm mentally, I'm already in New York. Physically, I'm still in Nashville. Mentally, I'm there. What am I waiting for? So within two weeks after I made that decision, I had sold all of my stuff. I had found somebody to rent out my apartment. Anything that didn't fit in my Jeep was gotten rid of, donated or sold. And uh, I drove into New York City and rented an Airbnb for a month. And then as soon as I found an apartment, sold my car. And I've been here for two years. And it's one of the uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Was it more so the city or like the, the kind of community? Like you said, you're here that week and you met with a lot of good people. And it's like... Yeah, it was the community. Like I said, I'm try- I was trying to think bigger with Nerd Fitness. And I had a few mentors and, and a lot of college friends actually here in New York City. And I knew that anytime I wanted to meet up with somebody they were always coming to New York City at some point. So anytime yeah. anytime you want to meet somebody at some point in the next 12 months, <laughs> they're going to be here. And as somebody that likes to sit on my butt and, and read books or, and, you know, I, I like when, I, when I'm here, I like being here. It, it's it's kind of nice that everybody has to come through. So I get to see everybody individually instead of only seeing them in a chaotic three-day conference that yeah. everybody else is at. You get to have those one-on-one moments with a lot of people that are that are visiting just for a few days. I feel like, so I was talking to Nick Tarasio. I know we talked before we got on the air that, you know, m- mutual friend of ours, but I was talking to him because him, him and I had this in common, like socially awkward and like kind of social angst and big settings with a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. and it sounds like you're the same, but 100%. I find it like interesting that we all find like our little ways to, to find deep connection. Like for him, he does these flight adventures, right? Where he takes somebody like his, his reasoning behind this was beautiful. Cause he's like, I can meet whoever I want because it's very tempting for me to reach out to like one of my heroes and say, Hey, do you want to fly to Connecticut today? We'll be back by the afternoon. Right. That kind of thing. And he's like, well, then they're stuck in this little cockpit with me. They can't go anywhere. So it's just like an instant bond. And Absolutely. It's a really deep connection. So same, same kind of reason like I do the podcast because you can I go talk to people I really admire and sure. like and it's the same thing it's deeper connection so speaking of Tarasio did you know he is a phenomenal musician I, I did <laughs> I had no idea like I had met him and hung yeah. out with him a few times and then he invited me to this uh, a charity event him mm. and another friend of his Nick Ganju who was uh, one of the fun- right? founders of yeah. Zoctoc yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I showed up to this event and Ganju was on stage in full prints and a full Prince outfit, Amazing. just crushing Purple Rain, and then Tarasio comes out and sang "You Too" and and nailed it. I was like, I had hung out with these guys a handful Amazing, of times, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, I'm doing this event." I was like, "Well, oh, okay, yeah." You're like, "Haha, of yeah. course, of course you are." <laughs> like, are you gonna play "Free Falling" on your guitar? And I'm like, "Oh, wait, no, you guys are actually good at music." Okay, uh, that's that was not expected. Yeah. So those are yeah, <laughs> two really funny guys. What were you doing in Nashville? I went to college in Nashville, actually. Okay. So well, I went to I went to college at Vanderbilt University mm. and. And after college, I actually moved to San Diego for about a year and a half. And when I was in San Diego, it's when I had the genesis for, for nerd fitness. I was working a crappy job and ended up uh, picking up the four-hour work week on my lunch break and read it cover to cover in two days. And like Neo discovering the Matrix existed. I'm like, oh, there's this completely yeah. different world out there that I am completely unaware of. And What was the crappy job? 
I worked for a construction equipment sales company. Sales and rentals. <laughs> Sounds pretty crappy. <laughs> and not to belittle anybody, obviously, yeah. that, that that does that. Totally. It, it takes a tremendous amount of skill and, and, and expertise and knowledge in that area. And obviously, the I was I was working for this company just before the the bottom fell out of the construction market released back in 2007 2008 so it was it was tough it was real cutthroat and sales is not my, my not my cup of tea so i very quickly learned that, that was not for me and started nerd fitness on the side and ended up from there moving to Atlanta and then I traveled a whole bunch and ended up back in Nashville for a few years because I love I love music. Uh, here in the apartment I have a banjo on the wall, a violin, a guitar, a keyboard. I like to make a lot of noise. I'm not very good at it, but <laughs> sure, I, li- I like sure. to make a lot of noise, so that's how I ended up back in Nashville. I actually saw you were as on your LinkedIn profile. And I saw you work for Six Man. Yeah. And crazy enough, like before I got into what I'm doing, like before my last two businesses advertising companies like I was in this period of like trying to figure out what to do and I'm originally from Atlanta. So, and I saw six man, I don't remember where I like found them from, but I saw they put on these amazing cruises with like all these bands. And I'm like, I can start that business. I want to like, <laughs> you just need, you just need capital to rent out the cruise ship and then to get these bands. And I was like, that's like, it was a very clear focus for me. So I was like, I can, I can do that. And I, I obviously didn't, but, but I just loved the model. And I thought like, it, it seemed like a really cool startup company in Atlanta, right? It was, yeah. And, and Andy, Andy Levine, the owner of, uh, former owner of Six Man, you know, they were uh, acquired in a, in a, in a kind of like an Amazon slash Zappos type experience with, um, by Norwegian Cruise Lines uh, a few years back. But Andy has been a mentor to me really since the first day I started working there. And it's funny. A lot of other companies have come along to try to do what they do. And Six Man just does it in such a way and they, they care and they've done such an amazing job with community building that the artists they work with, when they do these events, you know, most of them refuse to work with other companies trying to do similar things uh, just because Six Man actually treats both the, the, the artists with respect and the customers and the, you know, the, the fans of those bands treat them with respect too. So I, I learned a lot while working at Six Man about community building and, and taking care of the customer. And I applied as much of that, excuse me, I stole and applied as much of that as I could to, uh, to nerd fitness. Gotcha. So let's give us, give me like the genesis of nerd fitness. Like where did it come from? What made you interested in that? And how did you actually start growing it and building it? Sure. So I was, as I, as I alluded to earlier, I was the skinny, scrawny, small nerd growing up. I would escape into as many games and books and movies as I could. I went through Accutane twice in high school. Puberty hit me very late. I was, you know, five feet tall and 120 pounds or something by the time I, I think I was like a sophomore in high school. It was, it was tough. And junior year, I finally hit a growth spurt and went out for the basketball team and got cut, mostly because I was terrible at basketball. <laughs> uh, but I like to, in my head, it was because I was too skinny. So I was like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to start working out. And I went to the gym. I had no idea what I doing, what I was doing, and ended up spending two years of high school, four years of college, training and going to the gym three, four, five days a week, and seeing almost next to nothing when it came to results as a result of all that hard work I was putting in. And it wasn't until I moved to San Diego right after college that I signed up for a gym. They gave me free personal trainer sessions, and in thirty days with that trainer having him also overhaul my nutrition in those 30 days, I had more success than i had had in the entire six years before then. And like instantly I was hooked. I was like, 
okay, I, I had been blaming my genetics for, for forever. I had been blaming I was too busy, that I just, I, I was, there's no way I could get bigger or stronger. And it just, it just wasn't in the cards. And, and those 30 days essentially flipped that completely on its head and made me realize that there is a, a method to all of this madness. And it, it kind of lit a little bit of a spark, I guess, in my head that was, if it took me six years to make these mistakes, like, what about everybody else that's out there that is struggling with this stuff that have bought late night infomercial products for fitness or tried supplements or signed up for a gym membership and got excited only to give up because they're not seeing results. And when I cracked the code, I wanted to help other people like me crack the code as well. Like I said, I'd spent most of my childhood playing video games. At that point, I was working my crappy job selling construction equipment. Well, trying to sell construction equipment. I wasn't selling very much of it and playing video games every night. So I was like, well, and again, I just read the four hour work week where it talks about something you're good at and a social group you're part of. And what's that tiny sliver of overlap? And I was like, well, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a fitness expert, but at that point I had spent a few more months even learning and researching and getting even better shape. I was like, I, maybe I can help beginners at least get started with fitness. And I'm a huge nerd and I Googled nerd and fitness and nothing, nothing popped up. So I just started writing and so you weren't a personal trainer, like because because no. a lot of people that are in the fitness industry get in it because you know they're trading time for money, they're training people hour by hour by hour. They want more leverage, so they start some kind of virtual fitness program. Sure, no, I, I came at it from a very different angle. I, I think I did actually, <laughs> believe it or not, actually Andy, the owner of Six Man, was my first client uh, oh, when I was awesome. in six when I was in Atlanta. You know, I was working on Six Man on uh, Nerd Fitness on the side, and he said. Uh, you know, I ended up getting a personal trainer certification, not because I wanted to become a trainer, but rather I wanted to have a piece of paper that I thought would be really important for some reason to convince people on the internet to take me seriously. And it turns out that nobody nobody cares. Like, yeah. can you get me results? And are you somebody that I can trust? And are you somebody that I can believe? And are you real? And I found out that very quickly that was more important. But until then, I, I did get a certification. You know, I've taken a very basic one. You know, it's probably like a weekend long certification. I trained Andy for a few weeks and we had fun together. And, and I think we both decided he was like, yeah, you know, like this is fun. But he's like, you're a writer. Like, you should be, you, you, can, you can train me for an hour and you can help me once, or you can write for an hour and impact. 10, 100, 1,000, a million people If when you publish a publish a blog post. He's like, you should keep your focus there. And it's like, I think that, that sounds like a good strategy. So yeah, I, I, I never, I was never like the get a job in or, you know, study exercise physiology and become a dietitian and then work in a gym and then, and then move on to this. It was more like I saw this as my path because I, I, writing was the thing I truly enjoyed. Got it. And are you still writing a lot to this day? Yeah, it's been... Recently, I've gone through a bit of a, a shift. So for close to seven years, I published two articles a week, every week for seven years. And those articles were anywhere from 1,500 to 5,000 words long. I mean, a lot of writing. Some of them were good. Some weren't great. But I learned a lot and I got a lot better at writing. And as a result of that, sheer volume and quality and quantity a huge number of those articles or a decent amount of those articles started to get, get ranked really well on Google or people would share it or would go viral or whatever it may be. So that's how nerd fitness really started to grow is I would just publish content, like just put my head down and just cranked on a subject that was interesting to me and try to write about it in a fun way that made it exciting to me and exciting to others. I interject my personality into it 
and uh, only recently have I not gone away from it, but really tried to study, okay, which are the articles that really resonate with people? Which ones help the most people? And are there things that I'm doing with some of our top articles that we're not doing with the rest of our top articles? Can I go back and either fix them or update them? So I've gone back to some of our really, really popular articles that I wrote years ago and given them a fresh coat of paint, introducing new PubMed studies that have happened in the past few years, you know, updating them really for for the uh, to make them as recent and, and updated as possible, so that it, w- knowing that every day tens of thousands of new people find Nerd Fitness, this is an opportunity for them to get the most up to date information, even if they're finding an article that I initially wrote, you know, four or five years ago. What's been the most popular article out of long, all of them? Yeah, long term, I wrote a I wrote an article called "The Beginner's Guide to the Paleo Diet." specifically because it was a diet that I had never heard of and somebody told me about it. I was like, that sounds crazy. And then I researched it. I was like, oh, never mind. So this actually just sounds really normal. Like eat vegetables and like real food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's not so scary. But like right. if it was really scary to me to begin with, what about everybody else that probably feels similarly? So I just decided, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to corner, I'm going to, I'm going to write the beginner's guide to this diet and everything you need to know about it. And I I remember not the day specifically, but I remember the mood of the day. Google happened to have changed some algorithm. This is probably four or five years ago, and whatever it was, our traffic like five x like in in like a week. And I was like, "What the?" <laughs> I like, literally had no idea what, what was going on. And I posted on, I posted on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, my traffic's way up, and I didn't publish anything." <laughs> like, I, I didn't know what. It, you know, please I don't, help. Yeah, please. please. <laughs> exactly. I was like, uh, "What happened?" Somebody's like, "Well, you're you're the number one article for when people search paleo diet. Maybe that's it." I was like, "Huh?" But I wrote that article two years ago. Why is it just showing up now? And they're like, "You know, I don't know. That's how Google operates." So. It was number one or two or three for really the past four or five years. And I've gone back and updated it and fixed that article. And these days, my beginner's guide to intermittent fasting is probably the most popular. Yeah, it's a big thing right now. Which is funny. I think like as the terms and like I, I wrote that article, same thing many years ago. Really? It was interesting to yeah, me. Yeah. And then Google decided to make that for for whatever reason. You know, I I, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate and I'm also... Well, scared in some capacities that like I don't know what I'm doing with SEO and it's working <laughs> but then if it stops working I wouldn't know why so I but guess I think it's it, yeah. working years after the fact right so sure but I, so I think it, it does lend itself to showing how important that creating consistent quality work over a long period of time sure. matters hugely right not just writing one article and like not seeing results and then like oh, I'm not gonna write that anymore sure just staying committed to the course right sure yeah I mean I think it you know like I said I've published hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles and many of them at the time people were like oh man this is a great article and now if I go back into Google Analytics they get a few hundred hits a month and then other articles get 50 60 70 80 hundred thousand plus views a month and and uh, those are articles I wrote many, many years ago. So like you said, I think it's it's a cool combination of quantity. And as a result of that quantity, it allowed me to hone my craft and get less terrible at writing to a point that I'm like, oh, I'm actually, like I go back and read, I'm like, that's actually, a, that's a pretty damn good article. But there, there was, if you go back and read the original stuff at Nerd Fitness, it wasn't that great. So I feel like I had to write a lot in order to learn what people, excuse me, what resonated with people and ultimately led me to become a, uh, I guess I'd describe a, a decent writer. I was just taught it's it's interesting because I told you I just came from Roman's place, John Romagnolo, and also fitness guy, also very good writer. 
And dude, he's nerdier than I am. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, exactly. he's nerdier and more fit, and he's just like he does. He does nerd fitness better than I do. <laughs> like, dude, you should be running this website. He's like, ah. <laughs> no, but seriously. Yeah, but seriously. <laughs> no, but I just I, I find it interest, interesting because, you know, like you, he's a very good writer, and but he's he's been doing like he's loved writing his entire life. He you know he was a bookworm growing up, like you said, huge nerd. He played a lot of D and D too. Played a lot <laughs> yeah. of D and D. Yeah, <laughs> he started telling me like all these stories and phrases about D and D. I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no clue. Like all these references, I don't get. Hopefully, the audience gets it. <laughs> but uh, have you always ha- have you been the same? Like, did you grow up like wanting to always like tell stories, write, or was that something that developed later on? It happened in Six Man actually. I, I was at Six Man in the marketing department, and I went on. Luckily, that job was so much fun. I got to I had to like write the marketing content for some of the cruises, and discovered that like when I was writing about things I actually enjoyed, you know, this is this is kind of fun. And then I went on one of the cruises, and Andy or the, one of my one of my bosses was like, "Hey, can you do you want to write about your experience? We're going to start launching this. We're going to try to launch a, a blog." I was like, "Okay." That, Sure. So what do you want to do? They're like, just write about what you did on the boat and which bands were there and that stuff. I was like, okay. And I wrote it and I had so much fun and they, and they sent it out to the rest of everybody that had been on the cruise and everybody was like, dude, this is great. I really, I felt like I was there with you. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is pretty cool. Just the feedback, right? It was, like, it was yeah. great. It was like, I, I feel like I, I, through my words, I could elicit a, a response or feedback or a feeling in other people. And at Six Man, it was bringing people with me through my words onto these cruise ships and to have fun and make them feel like they were up late with me or hanging out at the craps table playing blackjack or playing blackjack or hanging out at the craps table with some of my favorite bands. And and then, you know, I, had, I this nerd fitness had been a domain that I had bought, but I hadn't started working on. So then I started writing articles in nerd fitness. And as soon as I got my first email from one random person that was like, hey, Found your website. Uh, I love Legend of Zelda also. And uh, I'm going to go work out today from it. I was like, oh my God. I got one. That's great. Okay, that's all I need. I got, I got one. If I can get one, then I can get to two. We're and validated. We're done. We did it. We're good. <laughs> you ship it. Yeah, we're good to go. So uh, I quit that, everything I, I'm doing this. I, I remember the guy's name was Evan. He lives in San Francisco. Awesome. That's <laughs> I so never cool. actually met him. But like to this day, I still know who he Because he was the first guy that ever emailed me that wasn't like a friend or a family yeah. member. That was like, oh, great article, Steve. It was some random dude that's that was just awesome. like, I like nerd fitness. So I was like, Okay, I'm in. Yep. I, I will. I will work on this for, Just for, you. for the next decade because this one guy gave me, and I've, it was like months after I'd started too. So it was just it like, does <laughs> matter though. Let's be honest. Oh, like, oh, hell yeah, it matters. Yep. Like getting that validation, even now it still does. Yeah, totally. It's it's tough because obviously the bigger the site is now, the the more people discover it, the more people that it is not for will discover it. And obviously the internet being what it is, people have no problem telling you why what you're doing is wrong and ruining the planet and call me horrible names and, and why I'm a selfish whatever. And I'm like, I like this is an article about Optimus Prime. Like how to, how did you make that leap? I don't I don't understand. So those things uh those things will get to me. Yeah. So that validation and not that I'm not that I go hunting for it, but rather like I do have a folder of success stories and emails from people saying like, hey, I took my first trip because of your side or I did this or that, reminding myself like, no, you're doing good work and you're helping people. And as long as you keep your focus there, forget forget the rest of them. So I always think it's a really interesting time going from like six man to going full time into anything because it, it can oftentimes, for me, it was a pretty scary place. And I think for a lot of people, it's it's uh, it's what holds them back a little bit. The And I talk about this 
quite often where like for me, it was like on this side, I had a level of certainty and comfort with my job. Like I had, a, I was working remote, wasn't making a ton of money, but I was making a comfortable living for, I was comfortable living for where I was based, which was, was on the Georgia coast down in St. Simon, South of Savannah. It was a very specific moment for me where I was in this coffee shop working remote. I worked there every day. And I was also reading uh, like a very good employee. I was reading a business book on the side. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I remember I just, I had gotten to this point where I'd had all these different jobs. I had tried a bunch of different businesses, just could not make anything work. Partially because I hadn't fully like decided like that I was actually going to focus sure. on something. And, but my pain, like, well, my comfort right here with that job, like my pain finally exceeded that comfort that I had. So it was finally at this point of like, I was more dissatisfied with like knowing that I had more to offer, but not fulfilling that or yeah. not acting on that versus like the level of comfort and certainty I had in my job. So for that, that was like my breaking point where I was like, okay, I have to make something happen. Did you have a similar experience or was it more of just like a slow build? Sure. So I worked at Six Man for two and a half years and it was about a year after I had started with them after I got my personal trainer certification and got settled into the job that I really started to spend my free time on nerd fitness. So it was about a year and a half doing the both nerd fitness and, and six man. And I remember specifically, I went on one of the cruises and my family was on that cruise. They, we had, they had a few extra cabins and they would always, you know, if they had a few extra spots, they'd email the employees and say like, Hey, if you want to bring family, loved ones, you know, we can get you guys on cheap just because, you know, sailing without those spots doesn't make any sense. So my folks came on this cruise that I was on. I remember on the boat explaining to my parents how excited I was about nerd fitness. And one night I was at the staff meeting and some one of my friends, Mikey, who actually still lives in Georgia, was talking about Six Man and he was so passionate and excited about something that they were working on or whatever. And I noticed that at that point it had been two close to two and a half years, like that excitement that I used to have for Six Man had it was now I had that excitement for nerd fitness. And I love the people I worked with. It was such a fun company. Andy couldn't have been a, a better boss. And like I said, he's still he's still a mentor that I I call probably once every every month or every other month. And I noticed that night at that staff meeting, I was like, my heart is not here anymore. It's it's in this, <laughs> you know. The the joke was uh, I I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I was like, you know what? Hanging out with rock stars in the Caribbean's not for me. <laughs> I'm going to hang out with unhealthy nerds online instead. That's currently not making me any money. That's, that's, a, that's a great strategy. So That's awesome. So uh, th I told my dad that next day where we the boat was docked in Mexico and we, I was just sitting at the beachside bar, like I had a beer on my break and then, and then get back on the boat and wait for everybody to come back on a few hours. It's a tough job, man. How do you, how do, how do, you do that? <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it really was a lot of fun. And I sat there and was like, dad, I gotta, I gotta quit. And he's like, okay, do you have a backup plan? I was like, no. He's like, all right, you have a lot of money saved up? Like, not really. He's <laughs> like, uh, so what's your plan for making money? I was like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna make an ebook and hope that the nerds want to buy it. He's like, okay. Uh, you have my faith and you have my support and however else I can, whatever I can do for you, let me know. So, you know, I, I was in charge of, I had two events at Six Man that I was essentially the head person on that were happening four, three or four and five months later. And like I, in my head, it was like, if I don't quit now, nerd fitness is going to suffer. These two cruises are going to suffer and I'm going to screw over all of my coworkers and like, I'm going to pull a Seinfeld and I'm going to go out or George and, you know, go out on top. So I'm going to quit when things are great 
and I can successfully hand over the reins to these two events that are very important. One was with a band called Zach Brown Band that has now since become the biggest bands, you know, one of the biggest country acts in the world. But the first time I saw them, he was, Zach was in the back of a cruise ship playing to 30 people or 20 people. And I was like, that dude is going to be huge someday. And then like two years later, Chicken Fried hit the radio and but one of the events I was in charge of was Zach Brown's cruise. And I was like, man, I I don't want to screw this event up. If I quit now, I have money saved up. Six Man was a great job, but it it wasn't paying me very well. I have money saved up. I can live cheaply. And Nerd Fitness is it. Like, I know this is it. And if the ebook doesn't work, then I'll try advertising. Then I'll go back and coach. I will start waiting tables. I don't care. But if I don't do this, the longer I wait, the worse off Nerd Fitness will be, the worse Six Man will be. This is a perfect time for me to take a chance. I can always go back and get another job or figure something out until I can make Nerd Fitness work. Yeah, I think it's an interesting place too because that sounds like that was your kind of your line in the sand moment where I'm, I'm going to do this uh, no yep. matter what. It was it was literally in the sand. I was in Mexico <laughs> <laughs> drinking a beer <laughs> at work <laughs> on my break. No, but it's like uh, it is because most of the listeners are people like in a spot where they probably they want to start a business but they're a little scared. You know that, and they always think like nobody really looks at the true worst case scenario. Like for you, it was like, I can always get a job. I can always go serve. I can, you know, wait tables, whatever. And let's be honest, like for most people, that's the worst case scenario. It's like an ego thing too, though. Like of course to to quit your job, to try something that, that may not work out. Like I think, I think culture is changing a little bit to where that's admired a little bit, right? Because you're taking a leap, you're going for it, but still like you still don't want to feel stupid if that doesn't work out and you have to go serve tables and you take a big step back, which, you know, we know that's not a setback. Of course. It's a learning experience. Yep. That's what this whole podcast is based around. It's like failure and failing on. So I, th- I think for somebody that's scared looking at like, maybe they're in the same position you were. They have a job that's comfortable. They like it. I mean, you like Six Man. Yeah. But they also have, maybe they don't have that side project yet, like a nerd fitness, but they know they want to do something. What would you recommend for them? Yeah. I, I certainly don't quit your day job yet. I had been working on nerd fitness for, I mean, it had been an idea for two and a half years at that point. I had been working on it, not full-time because it was just my part-time, but I mean, I was probably putting in full-time hours into it for a good year and a half. And I had built up a decent enough following and there was enough indicators in it that led me to believe this is going to be, I can make this successful. I, I focused on getting an audience and I was like, okay, I have a group of people. I have a captive audience. If worse comes to worse, I can ask them what they want and build that thing for them. And that ended up being an ebook with uh, workout plans for them to follow. And, you know, to your point that you mentioned earlier about like, oh, having to wait tables or whatever it is, like, I, I think I think that's something that y- people's egos need to get over. You know, after I quit, I, I, I still did whatever I could to pick up extra cash just to be safe. You know, I painted, I, I spent two nights painting the soundstage floor for one of Drake's music videos from... <laughs> that's great. Dr- I never saw it. So, I literally never saw Drake. He was not, he was not there. I, like, but my job was I had a, a large paint roller and I, was, I showed up at midnight with a bucket of paint and I was supposed to paint this huge soundstage. One night I painted the whole thing white and then I had to come back the next night at midnight until four in the morning and paint the whole thing black. I was like, well, that's, all right, you're going to give me 200 bucks? Like 200 bucks? How'd you find bu- that gig? A, a friend of mine that worked at Six Man is like a, was like a project manager, office manager. And his gig was like, he like helped with music videos and Atlanta yeah. was where they were doing. And then like another night I was like pushing soundstage equipment around like manual labor. Like, I don't care. Like I'll take the money because I'm working towards this other thing. So for somebody that doesn't have an idea yet, Certainly don't quit the job, but see if there's a way that if they have an inkling of an idea they want to, can they start it 
with the uh, get a minimum viable version of that up and running and see if they even like it. You know, I think so many people make they, they, the business mistake is, all right, let's build a product and dump a bunch of money into it and then hope people buy it. I think business, a lot of people like are so afraid, like, okay, I need my website perfect. I need to go get headshots. I need to set up my YouTube channel. I need to buy the best equipment. And then they get like three videos in. They're like, oh, wait a second. I hate this. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. But now I have $2,000 worth of camera equipment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now I have all this credit card debt yeah. that I can't afford to pay off. So like Nerd Fitness, the website was so ugly for so long and it didn't matter. Because I was like, people, people can get if people can get past that, they can get to the information. And I, I, I tried starting a music blog before, before I started Nerd Fitness, and I was like, I'm gonna get free concert tickets. And I was like, wait a second, like, this sounds, this isn't fun. Like, I don't want to write, a, I don't want to like scrutinize my favorite artist albums and like get angry. At, so I was like, that's <laughs> terrible. I made, it, I think I put like four posts on. I was like, music guy Steve or something. It was so bad. <laughs> I was a big it. fan of uh, Bill Simmons, who was the boss at the time. He was like the Boston sports guy oh, before yeah. he started with uh, ESPN, and and then now he's got the Ringer. But so it was like music guy Steve was like my version of the Boston sports guy. I was going to be like the music version of Bill Simmons, and then very quickly learned I was like, this is I do not want to do this. <laughs> this is this is not a good idea. But thank God, you know, thank God I I, I just you know set up a free blog spot. I think right. So it might be like literally musicguysteam.blogspot. We'll find out. Whatever it is. I'm really thankful for that. And same thing, Nerd Fitness. It's like it was nerdfitness.wordpress.com. And then it was, you know, I had the domain. It was like, I don't, I don't even know how to set this up yet. So I'm just going to start writing and and publish. Nobody's reading it anyway. Might as well get some things out there. So I think anybody that is terrified of starting, having the perfect business plan, whatever, like Nerd Fitness, what it is now versus what I thought it was going to be eight years ago, oh, night and day. I thought it was just going to help skinny ner- skinny male nerds like me get bigger. Right. Our audience is like 65% female. Yeah, you're N- telling me that. I couldn't believe it. 95% of the people I help are probably people that need to lose weight not people that need to gain weight or build muscle. It We pivoted and shifted and changed avenues multiple times in that area. So it's like, this is what I think the idea is. I'm going to start and we'll course correct along the way. So that's the advice I would give to other people. Start something on the side. You have no idea. Even if it's a failure, you're going to learn something from that that will you can apply to the next thing. And, totally. and eventually you can hopefully get to a path where you can then draw that line in the sand and, and make a decision. Totally. When At what point when you were building that, for, when you were building your initial audience... Did you get to the point where you're like, okay, I need a product, I need to make money, which sounds like it turned out to be an ebook. At what, I guess, what was the inflection point that made you say, like, get to that point of like needing to create a product? Sure. Like, was it because bank account was running on fumes or was it because... No, bank account wasn't running on fumes, but it was, uh, you know, up until, like you said, it was about a year and a half before I decided to start monetizing Nerd Fitness. I just, uh, too many sites I saw that were just they'd go up there and they'd just be covered in ads and blah, blah. I was like, ah, I don't, I don't like that. So let's build the audience first. And then I just started getting the same question over and over again. It was just tell me how to work out. I was like, oh, here's a, here's an article on how to design your own workout plan. They're like, dude, just <laughs> do it for me. <laughs> yeah, do it for me. Just tell me what to do. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And I was a big fan of a guy named Chris Gillibo at the time. And Gillibo had just put out, I think one or two of his own eBooks. And I, I really, a, admired his business plan, which was like, build audience, ask them what they want, build things that they want. Profit. Like, <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. I, I like, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a very ethical, intelligent strategy. I'd like, to, I'd like to implement that. So when I decided that I was going to quit my job, I gave myself a month to put out my first ebook. I was like, and then for that next month, I just literally didn't sleep. I was like up all night. Every, I got unhealthier writing my ebook about how to be healthy, which is 
kind of <laughs> ironic, I guess. But I was able to ship it on time. I think maybe maybe it was like two days late, but ship it on time, close enough. And uh, you know, I think I was charging like twenty nine bucks for it or thirty, like whatever it was. I was so afraid to ask for money, the teeniest amount of yeah, money. Yeah, and ended up selling like one hundred and fifty or two hundred of them, which was just huge for me. I was like. Oh my god! Like this, people are people on the internet are actually giving me money. Is that the first time that you'd had like created something and somebody gave oh, yeah. you money oh, in exchange? I, I cried, man. That's well, amazing. okay. So th- that was the first time internet based, but I've actually sure. I feel like I've been an entrepreneur actually my my whole life. Like I grew up in Massachusetts on on Cape Cod, and I would go collect seashells and paint Red Sox logos in them when I was like four and like sell them in front of my house. And I got in trouble in fourth grade for selling. Creepy crawlies, like the like the, <laughs> like the the dude version of Easy Bake Oven, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, for selling those. Like the scorpions were the big seller, and then I had like lawn mowing businesses and and raking leaves and shoveling snow. Like Massachusetts, you get all four seasons. So yeah, exactly. I, I was never I was never out of out of work for uh, manual labor, and that was something my folks really instilled in me. It was like, yeah, you can absolutely make money. You just gotta bust your ass for it. So it was as far as making money through the internet. That ebook was the first the first thing I had ever asked for. And it was, it was certainly a kind of cover my eyes and hit the publish button and see if anybody bought moments. And then as soon as the first sale rolled in and then they just, they just kept coming. I was like, I cried and people were emailing saying like, dude, I don't even need this. Like, but this is the only way I can actually give you money. There's no ads. There's nothing to buy. There's nothing else to buy. Yeah. They're like, but you need to charge more than $29. (laughs) I think eventually (laughs) upped it to $39 and got crazy with it. (laughs) But yeah, that was uh, that was a really, that was a really special moment. Does it still sell today? No, so I actually ended up taking. I took those three ebooks. So I, that was the first ebook, and then I ended up publishing two other ebooks, and they were. I think I was like fifty bucks each. I actually ended up probably three, three and a half, maybe four years ago. Took the ebooks down and created an online course with high quality videos. We created a character creation system. So now when you complete your workouts, your character actually levels up and there's boss battles and uh, HD video demonstrations and, and a whole quest and missions to complete. So I, I kind of brought it forward, but those eBooks sustained and built nerd fitness for four or five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Four years, probably. You gotta, you gotta print that cover off and put it on the wall like with the <laughs> platinum like <laughs> the rebel fitness guide is what it was called and uh to this yeah uh, we still get emails from some people like oh man i love the rebel fitness guide i'm like yeah that's what i'm talking about that's awesome so you've like gamified it now right it's like like points level is it like levels you can level up points, that kind of thing? levels we've so we have the academy and that is our you know it's a one-time fee the first six months of your fitness journey we're going to hold your hand through the whole process so complete this benchmark workout. We'll then tell you which of these three bodyweight workouts you should start with. At the end of those workouts, after a few weeks, you do a boss battle. And if you defeat that boss by completing a certain workout, you then move up to the next workout. And then you, at some point it branches if you want to go to a gym or stay training at home. There is a leveling system with your nutrition. You actually, yeah, your character can actually level up as you check off certain missions. Those are all earning points. And then we have a monthly program called Rising Heroes, which kind of mixes like Mr. Robot Conspiracy Theory with real life missions to complete and team based competition to get you to stay accountable, to recruit friends and to get off your butt, get outside and actually go start doing stuff and experience this pretty fun world that we live in. That's amazing, dude. Man, this sounds like a big tech project, is it not? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Pretty painful? or was it... Uh, it, I mean, they've gone through many, many iterations. Okay. Many iterations and, and what the Academy was now, or what the Academy is now versus what it was when it started. And Rising Heroes now, it's just six months after we've launched it. 
is very different than it's been. And I'm guessing six months from now, it's going to be very different again, which is, which is really fun. So like we try to pivot very quickly and we just, we, we, we get a version out there that, that works and uh, that we're proud of. And then we see how people use it. And then we start to update, improve based on their feedback. Is that an internal tech team or is it? Internal, yeah. We have a, we have a, a, a guy on our team named Alec, who's just a, a wizard. You know, I've, we've worked with outsourced tech companies, uh, probably half a dozen of them. And Alec has, replaced all of them he's on he's the best tech he's the best uh developer i've, I've ever worked with and he's uh he's a you know proud member of team nerd fitness so yeah yeah he's <laughs> gotta, a, get, gotta get all the nerds <laughs> absolutely he's he was a big uh, world of work or world of warcraft guy yeah and it's funny people always ask me like oh how did you uh where'd you get your game of, is that like a wordpress plugin i was like nope <laughs> we built it they're like oh who's the, who'd you build it i was like his name's alec and you can't have him so uh alec uh, he probably won't be listening to the episode but if he does i'll yeah alec lives in florida he's got a he's got a cute kid uh, i have a team of 10 people they all live, remote yeah all remote they live they live in 10 different states and Everybody has their everybody has their place. Most of those ten came out of the nerd fitness community after job posting at the end of an article, and uh, it's been it's been pretty fun. What uh, how, how do you manage that team, or are you man are you managing kind of the day to day like that, like no, uh, stand ups so, that kind of thing? Yeah, no, we have we do have a morning meeting. We have you know a few people on the team that are much more operationally focused than I am, sure. <laughs> and those guys those guys manage the X's and O's and kind of allow me to focus on the the creative stuff. Like I said, that's kind of what that's that's my it's my specialty. It's put your head down, create content that makes people get off their butts or feel something. And as long as I can keep my focus there, and then the rest of the team can really help on the engine behind the scenes, it allows us to to help a lot more people. What are you? I know you said you're doing a little less writing right now, but what are you? What are you most excited about with what you guys are building, or even even personal life? Like, what are you sure. just super pumped about? Well, you can see here, I got this violin sitting next to me that I'm currently taking. Well, it's been, it's been a, probably about a month or two. I guess I was uh, took just got back from vacation, but I take violin lessons, and That's I'm cool. so bad at it. Somebody comes in. Here? Yes. Oh, yep. Awesome. Somebody comes over, awesome. and he's very nice because he's like, "Oh, that was a good try." And like this guy plays in like the you know I think like, he's a stud. <laughs> yeah, he's like really, really. He plays in this you know one of the symphonies here in New York, and like this is you know I found him through a like a music teacher website, and you know, I'm like looking for beginning violin instructor or fiddle instructor to teach me like teach me how to play Irish fiddle music or country music. So that's where my focus is on on the fiddle. So that's really fun. Uh, I just got back from Australia, which is a blast. And business wise. You know, like I said, I I feel like I put my head down and cranked on content for for years, and you know we get we get we get a few million, it's like two million unique visitors a month or something just from organic. You know, there's, we don't we don't spend any money on ads, so I feel like I've done really well with getting people to Nerd Fitness, and now we have the entire team focused on once they get to Nerd Fitness, how can we take care of them better or create more things for them that that solve their problem. So the whole team is focused on some of those things. And because we have such a large number entering the top of the funnel, you know, we can see with a few small changes in the middle, like drastic swings in signups, retention, revenue, opt-in subscriptions, whatever it may be, you know, uh, changing one page here or updating whatever there, there's just so much opportunity there because it's been largely ignored for a long time because it was something that wasn't my skill set and two I just like I said I really focused on just getting more people to the site and now it's like all right let's let's dial in some of these metrics and then when I get back to writing even more 
it makes everybody that comes to the site more likely to stick around, to become part of the community, to pick up one of our courses or join Rising Heroes, come to camp, you know, whatever it may be. Is it something you had to develop in terms of like the internet marketing like side of it, like the metrics, the conversions, like that kind of thing? Or do you, did you kind of like bring somebody on that can manage that? We've brought some people on to teach us. And then I have a handful of mentors here in New York that have been really really helpful, not just to me, but to like about the ops people on my team and, and, you know, we, that we all get together now and, and we can dig into some of those things, but man, it's a, it's a beast, you know, with, with eight years of, with the eight years, probably multiple WordPress redesigns, Google analytics installed by various, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite the nest of chaos. So just specifically, really, we're seeing a lot of, a lot of wins in the past few weeks because it's been something we're like, okay, we're going to get really focused in on, on these analytics and tracking and know exactly who's coming from where, who's buying what, why, when, and having that insight allows them to, to pick and choose our battles, which has made those battles infinitely more valuable. Well, I appreciate it, dude. We're running about 45 minutes on the dot. All so right. All right. I appreciate it. And I'll see you at, uh, I'll see you at drinks tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a good, we can hang out, hang out in the corner and, and put the headsets on and <laughs> keep rolling. Yeah. We'll just pretend like everybody else at that dinner is, isn't there. That sounds way well, more, I, less anxiety inducing uh, for yeah, me. Yeah. I'm definitely in for doing that at the dinner because the dinner sounds stressful with 50 people, 45 people. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm, already getting, I'm already getting nervous just thinking about it. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proud nerd that likes to, likes to, sit quietly and read a book and, I'm right and there with you. give me one person to talk to for three hours instead of 50 people for two hours. <laughs> we'll be fine. We're going to be fine. Yeah. We'll we hold hands. It. We'll get through it. Um, it's going to be totally, it's going to be totally okay. Thanks dude. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. So you can find Steve at Steve cam on Twitter. That's at Steve cam. And of course for that spelling, along with all the links and resources, Steve and I discussed, including more information on nerd fitness and his training programs. It can all be found at the page we created, especially for this episode. It'll be at failon.com slash zero three eight. Next week, we are sitting down with a powerhouse entrepreneur, Adrian Dorison. Adrian is a business consultant, podcast host, and the founder of Good Businesses Do Good. And this episode, she'll be sharing how she consults small businesses to increase their profitability And she then will go on to explain how she helps these clients identify how to actually give back a portion of those profits to meaningful causes that they care deeply about. We'll also be discussing the biggest challenges that Adrienne has faced along her entrepreneurial journey and why giving back is so important to her and why she teaches that to her clients. Don't miss it. Coming up next. And if the podcast is providing value to your life and your business, please let me know at robertfailon.com and let me know what your biggest takeaway from this episode is. And as I continue to build Failon with the simple goal of helping you learn faster through other people's failures through business and life, I'd be really grateful for a couple things that are so small but matter so much to me. Subscribing to the podcast takes a single click and helps the show get found by more people. And when the show can get found by more people, it can help more people, which in return means when you subscribe you're able to help more people yourself. So to subscribe and rate and review the podcast, super easy. Just go to failon.com slash iTunes or failon.com slash Stitcher. That's all for this episode of the Fail On Podcast. For more resources, show notes, and action items to help you find success in your failures, sign up for our mailing list at failon.com. For more actionable inspiration, we'll catch you next time right here on the Fail On Podcast.